Andrew, we have Tiger returning. We have baseball returning. What a busy time for sports. A lot to review, too. Apple TV makes its debut uh, with Mets and Nationals, K-Rod, and the Masters. Scheffler outshines them all at Augusta. Andrew back. He's John Oran, the media reporter for the Sports Business Journal. I'm Andrew Marshan, sports media columnist for the New York Post. Let's do it, John. Who's up? Who's down? Who's up? Who's down? Andrew, my who's up is Eric Shanks, the leader of Fox Sports. And it's because he is about to launch the USFL. This is his passion project. This is his pet project. And one of the things about these spring football leagues uh, or really any football league that's not the NFL is one of them is going to work. And I think that he has hit on a strategy that's actually going to work. And that's because he's viewing it as a media entity more so than than a league. They're playing all of their games in Birmingham. They're going to add in a lot of bells and whistles to to try to test uh, football productions out. And we'll see if it works. Nobody knows. It's probably a good idea to bet bet against it working because every other one has failed. But I'll give this one as good a chance as any. If you look at some of the past leagues, the XFL got millions of viewers before they shut down. The AAF before that had pretty good TV numbers before it shut down. I expect this one to get good TV numbers too. Okay, my who's up is Chris Carino the Nets radio play-by-player who, first off, let me just make this clear. This guy is as good as anyone out there on radio, on on the NBA. Uh, If you listen to his calls, uh, he's on top of everything. But what makes his story even more uh, important, he suffers from a genetic disorder known as FSHD uh, that has resulted in progressive weakening of muscles and shoulders, his upper limbs. Uh, And he makes it to every game uh, and does a tremendous job. And I just think we're here at the end of the regular season. We're into the postseason now. And you can talk about Kevin Durant. You can talk about Kyrie Irving. But uh, the Nets, uh, first off, their overall broadcast is amazing. Uh, From Ian Eagle to Ryan Rucco to uh, Sarah Kustak and, and Richard Jefferson in studio. They're good. Frank Isola, they're excellent all over. But Carino, to me, is the MVP. Uh, what he's done physically, but just also just how good he's on the air. It's really what I want to focus on. That's why he gets my who's up, kind of a end of the regular season award from me uh, uh, with uh, the NBA. I'm going to go right into who's down, Andrew. My who's down, Nick Faldo. What were you thinking? The Masters Sunday Scotty Scheffler was winning it on the back nine. He pretty much sewed it up. But what we didn't see as viewers was Roy McIlroy pulling it out from the sand trap. And Nick Faldo ruined the suspense for everybody. We just saw what Rory did. Bunker to bunker. This is impossible. Anything's possible. He was that annoying guy at a party that was like, I know what happens. You're watching a movie with like, you can't, he's too experienced of a broadcaster to do that. And then he brought Nance along as well. Jim Nance had to sort of try to make it happen. Still, still a really good moment, a fun moment to see, but, uh, but he, he got rightly killed in the golf press. 
I was watching it and I, I, I could barely believe that, that, that he ruined what was a, a really good shot at a really pivotal time in the Masters. Yeah, these tape shots, you always have that where you kind of want to keep the acting in, whereas a little suspense is necessary instead of he gave away the ending on uh, a lot of golf fans. What do they say, Andrew? Like, uh, this a few mo moments earlier. Exactly. You know, it's like, you know, usually, you know, in that case, you could have had a little suspense because you're going to show those guys because you're at the end um, of the rounds. There's not that many people playing. But yeah, Faldo uh, deservedly got ripped up for that one. All right. My who's down? FS1. Yankees, Red Sox this weekend, and they have uh, John Smoltz and Aaron Goldsmith not at Yankee Stadium in the Bronx. Uh, I understand their reasoning. Uh, this game is national, but it's going to be shown on your local broadcast, so they're, getting, they're losing that audience mostly. Uh, but to me, it's Major League Baseball. You have to be at all the games. Fox will be there for when they start their uh, – games of the week on big Fox uh, in late May, which just shows you, they know it's better, right? That's the way you're supposed to do it. And I get it, They're saving money and that's kind of the thing. They did a lot in college football as well. But to me, that gets me a who's down. Um, I'm big in the production. I'm big into, yes, we're still in a pandemic, but we're starting to move away from it. And this comes down to money and I, and I get it. Um, you want to save some money when you can, but uh, it's major league baseball. And I think you have to be there. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't really see why you're not there. Um, even if you're not getting as big an audience, I just think it's how you want to do the production. Um, and I think you can tell the difference if you're watching. Yes. With Michael K and David Cohn, as opposed to FS one, uh, nothing against the announcers for FS one. It's more of uh, if you're not there, it's just hard to be there. They did have Ken Rosenthal at the game as a reporter, but you need your booth present now uh we're we're past that we, we might have to fall back if something else happens but everything else is traveling and can't be it's not a health concern it's a money concern that's obvious andrew do you think fox would call the fifth best foot nfl game that it had remotely or do you think that it would call a, an an a, 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 one of its main college football games uh, remotely this is mlb this isn't a, a rinky dink league this is a bizarre decision that just, that just isn't taking the fans into context because it is a worse production. It just is. All right, let's get started with the topics. Uh, Andrew, you and I both were watching the opening telecast on Apple TV Plus, Friday Night Baseball, the Mets at the Nationals. We both wrote reviews of it. I'll, I'll let you start. You always let me start and be the bad guy. It's like, ah, we both killed it. So let's, uh, Andrew, you start. Um, Look, number one, and I didn't really kill it. I think I was more measured than Twitter, at least. Um, and I'll give you some reasons um, where you, know, you can look at it and, and understand it better. Here's my biggest issue. Apple's concept. I just don't understand the concept of making it a three-person booth, number one. Okay? The first thing is it makes it more difficult. So then, you know, I have people calling me after telling me, you know, make sure, you know, that was their first broadcast. Yes, that was their first broadcast, but it's Apple. It's Major League Baseball, and it's the Mets and the Nationals. So let's get to our second part of this, okay? When you do national broadcasts, it's just a story, one of 162. So this is just the page of that 162-page book. I'm kind of being a little cliche, but that's what it is. One out of 162. They got a special page. They have Max Scherzer starting in his first start for the Mets, $43 million man, biggest AAV in the history of baseball. Uh, he's starting for the Mets. He's going up against the Nationals, where who he helped win a World Series for and was a star uh, as an all-timer for the Nationals. 
So that's a huge story. By the way, he's beloved in the DC market. I, it's like, it's not just some schlep that comes back. It's like he's somebody that they really like. Exactly. So that's the focus. That's where you need to pick up the story. If you're the broadcasters, Melanie Newman, Chris Young, and Hannah Kaiser. So that's where you have to pick it up. Then during the game, you have Buck Showalter running out of the dugout, the manager of the Mets after uh, Francisco Lindor gets hit in the head. That has to be the focus of the broadcast. And it wasn't enough. So look, those three did not get that much preparation time. It was thrown together. But it's Apple, it's MLB, and this is why Amazon's going Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit on Thursday night to get that credibility. Let me make, make this clear. Melanie Newman, a lot of people have told me good things about her, and I heard it. Like, I think she could be a, a good broadcaster, maybe even very good, and, 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 and move up. She did not have enough control of that broadcast, a little too much radio. Um, and then Chris Young, hard to evaluate fully. I happen to have covered Chris Young when he was a Yankee. Very smart guy. Had a great relationship with him. And I could see him potentially being really good. Hannah Kaiser, third person. Apple doesn't really explain themselves fully about what they're thinking. And, you know, this is in combination with MLB. The third person thing, I don't really um, understand it that much because at least Hannah Kaiser, as opposed to the late game with Katie Nolan, covers baseball. So she, you know, is, is more in tune with the storylines. But again, conceptually, people are coming to watch this game. It was a Friday night. We had to find it. Okay, that's met on a new platform, Mets Nationals. So why are we there for the game? You know, they could talk about they're bringing in new people, all this stuff. We're finding it. It's not really finding us in this scenario. And so I understand trying to do something different. I'm all for that. But you're just trying a little bit too different, um, in my opinion. And like, you're, you're not, I don't know who, who it's appealing to necessarily when you're trying this thing. Last thing, let me say, I've talked a lot, John. Last thing is it did look really nice. Um, very clean screen from, from my viewing. Andrew, when we started this podcast, uh, it was set up, you were going to be the hard guy. You were going to be the tough guy. I was going to be the nice guy. It was a disastrous first game. And it was an especially disastrous first game. If you think about just Apple, like, like this is a company that when they released the iPhone, they had it set up and down. There, there was no like, oh, well, it's just our first iteration. It, cha it changed things. iTunes, the, you know, the AirPods, the like, uh, iPad, everything that they put out there, everything they launch is top-notch and first-rate. And to see a, a baseball telecast that is so much worse than any national broadcast that there is, I mean, it doesn't rate to, to what Fox does in the playoffs. It doesn't rate to ESPN Sunday Night Baseball. It doesn't rate to any of Turner's telecasts. It was a, a sophomore production. It felt that way. And, and that is not Apple's brand. And so if I am the sports leagues, here's a point that I've been on for, a long, uh, for, for many, many weeks. If, I, if I'm another league, I'm a little bit heartened by this because at what point is Apple saying, this isn't our brand. Our brand is not something that you didn't mention. How many times did you get cut off and have to have to sort of reboot the app to get back in to watch it? That's not Apple. That doesn't happen with Apple. And, and at what point is Apple going to say, this is not helping our brand as being the best of what it can be? Apple decided they, they wanted to get in video. Yeah, they've only been in video for a couple of uh, uh, years. They won an Oscar. Yeah, I watched Coda. Coda's good. That's a good movie. Everybody about. wants to cover sports entertainment. I'm being overly harsh on them, 
but I'm being overly harsh because that's the way that, that Steve Jobs and, and, uh, and Tim Cook are. That's the way they look at this. This was a pale comparison to any other national baseball telecast. And that is bad news for all these sports leagues that want Apple to continue to deep dive into their pockets and pay for sports. And you want to know the worst part to me, if you're Apple, you couldn't pause it. You couldn't rewind it. You couldn't fast forward it. This is Apple. They are the leaders in innovation. That's where, you know, with the phone and everything, and we're going back in time. We're getting this. This was a rotary phone um, in terms of those capabilities that we're accustomed to, used to, and everywhere else you can get them. And to me, I get it. They were rushed, but I'm, I was a little surprised that you weren't able to do those things. Uh, that's not the Apple brand, and that was a big minus. Uh, for for Apple. You think of Apple and you think of bells and whistles. The only bells and whistle they had was that somebody had two strikes on him and we saw that he was more likely to not get a hit, you know, on, on that, that on-screen graphic. And did you like those? What did you think of the problem? Like a lot of people went crazy to me. Mike, if I showed you my phone from big time people in the, you know, TV, you know, industry, Oh, humble brag there, but I'm just <laughs> actually, you know what? Let's get rid of that one. Let's get rid of that. It sounds no, good. let's keep it out. No, let's keep that one in. I want that to stay in. <laughs> All right, fine. We do edit sometimes. All right, John says that's it's not like a jerk. But anyways, some of those people, and then also just friends, like um a lot of uh opinions about the graphics. I actually like the graphics. I thought that was a pretty tight look in terms of the probability. I never like those things. It's always like, you know, getting the football, it's like the Falcons were up 28 to three over the Patriots. They had a 99% chance of winning or whatever it was. It's like, no, duh. I don't need your probability. I don't need your math to tell me that when you're up 28 to three or there's two strikes on you that you're going to like, well, let's see what happens. Cause that's where we watch the game. Um, you know, they'll tell you that they're looking for a younger audience and that, that they like that stuff. Maybe. Um, and I, and look, but I thought they, I like the look, I thought the look, the white, which is, you know, kind of always an Apple thing with the graphics. I thought those, those stuck very well and they didn't take up the screen. And I thought that worked pretty well. I wish I could give, give credit to the person on Twitter who said, I, I wanted to watch a baseball game, not, not do math problems. Uh, <laughs> here, I hated it. I, and, and this is why, like, I understand that gambling is getting legalized. And I understand that a lot of people uh, wager on games, but as, as, as somebody that wants to watch the game, like, I, I just don't want to see that. I don't need to see that. That, that doesn't enhance the, the, the game for me. Like uh, people will want that and they should be able to opt in, but I, I should be able to opt out. I think. Right. Yeah. All right. Before we move off the broadcast, let's talk about the late game, which I watched, a, you know, a few innings of uh, Hunter Pence could be real good. Uh, so that's a plus. I thought Steven Nelson was um, pretty solid. I don't, I reported this week, you know, Apple looked into Bill Simmons. They looked into Mina Kimes. Both those two are smart enough to say, no, thank you. Uh, this doesn't work. Like I'm a, you know, if you're Simmons, big Red Sox fan, but he's you know, a basketball guy for, you know, the most part, you know, does everything, but it doesn't, doesn't work. Like, how does that work? Mina Kimes, big Mariners fan, but she's, you know, she's what everyone wants, but she's, she's her specialty is the NFL. Uh, so then they go Katie Nolan. Um, from what I watched, they tried to work her into the broadcast. I just, I don't see it, right? Like the ESPN added David Cohn to their booth this year and Apple added Katie Nolan. Again, Katie Nolan has a place in the business, of course, um, but I don't see it in the broadcast booth personally. Last uh, pod last week, we talked a lot about Apple strategy and neither of us like Apple strategy uh, too much, but I, they do have a strategy here and their strategy is 
predicated on Apple TV Plus and they want to build up the number of subscribers to Apple TV Plus. And one way to do it is to buy a, a, an exclusive baseball package. And they're going to get how many how many signups? I know it was it was free and outside the paywall, but how many signups do you think Apple TV Plus got from the New York market and from the DC market on that first Friday night? We of course don't know because they're not going to make those publics uh, numbers public. But I would suggest that's going to be a lot, and that's that's what they want to do: go from market to market. And this is going to be a way to grow their. Um, Apple TV plus business. But do you grow it by annoying people? Like that's my thing with the two to four games that you'll probably get, at least for the big teams like the Yankees, I think are on, they're already scheduled for two. I think it'll be four total from what I've heard. Um, I don't know. It's like, that's not much of a buy-in. That's more of an annoyance to me. Like, you know, when they, when they start charging, it's not enough games where I feel like I'm getting a lot and there's value. And it's just enough to annoy you that if it's a Friday night, you turn it on and you're like, Oh wait, where's this game? It's not on. Yes. The Yankees regional sports network. Where do I find it? And it could be on Amazon prime uh, video for, for Yankee fans, but that's on Apple. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know if people are going to want to pay for that. Now, like your point is well taken though. You go in, you watch Coda, you watch Ted Lasso, you watch the morning show and that's how they kind of get you. They're adding to it. So I understand. And for them, 85 million is a drop in the bucket. So it's not like it's terrible. It just feels a little thrown together for Apple. Or, or maybe and you'll end up doing what we did in the DC market uh, for football games. And throughout the 1980s is, you turn down the volume and you, you put the radio broadcast on because everybody sort of identified with that. Because like you said, the picture was clean and crisp. And even though they had that one probability uh, on screen the whole time, it didn't feel cluttered to me, which is my one big pet, pet peeve of uh, sports broadcasting. Yeah, and the big thing is also, you know, the last thing on the broadcast for me is that the national broadcast, it's just, it's a baseball broadcast. You just, you have to, you're just continuing the story. They act like it's Monday night football. Monday night football is one out of 17. You want to make it a little more, it's, you still should, they should still ESPN. If you're listening, which you are, um, you should, um, <laughs> you should focus on the game. I'm sure you're going to do that with Buck and Aikman. Finally, that's where your focus should be on the game you're doing. That's the game we're interested in at the moment. We don't need a variety show. Same thing with baseball, though, but even more so is you got to focus on the game. That's where people who are coming into we're finding it. You're not finding us. So uh, focus on the game. Reported months ago that uh, MLS is a possibility for them to get that streaming. Uh, that's not, you know, I don't think I'm going to move any needles either. Um, I don't think MLS. I've made this point before when you get to MLS. We live in a flat world where digitally you can go anywhere via your phone or your smart TV. So I have the choice to watch Premier League, to watch La Liga, watch all the best leagues, Champions League. Um, and so MLS, when you talk about the video product, is just competing with everyone else um, at the same level. It doesn't matter if it's domestic um, league here in the United States. Obviously, going to the events is a you know you can't go to you know London so easily. Um, if you do, it's a special trip. I can go and see NYCFC at Yankee Stadium. Not hard to do. So obviously, for that, they have a huge advantage. But video wise, it doesn't have the historical advantage, and I don't think it's a great product um, in terms of they, they need to improve uh, their league uh, to really be a top three or four league uh, in the world if they're going to really get people to watch in big numbers. You know how I describe USFL as a media-driven league? Uh, what's the opposite of that? It's, it, it, it's MLS. It doesn't have a great media portfolio. They can't run away from their TV ratings. And their TV ratings 
locally are not very good in most markets and nationally are, are really not significant. Once again, you have Apple, the deep pocketed Apple taking a, a package that all, all of the networks, all of the TV networks basically said no to, just like with the Friday Night Baseball, all of the TV networks said no to. These, these are packages that aren't being bid up by ESPN and Fox and NBC and CBS. And so it, it, it just, in terms of what their strategy is, I think that they're trying to bring people in. They're trying to do things a little bit differently, which is what we saw in baseball, not, not in the way that we wanted them to do it differently, but they tried to recreate, like, oh, let's get a younger booth in and let's just kind of make it. I, I think on, on Twitter, you described it as almost like listening to a podcast while a game was going on. And, you know, it's a different way of, of broadcasting a game, not better in my opinion, but just different. And, uh, but the, the big question I have with all of these, including your Thursday night football on Amazon that no TV uh, network really wanted and, and bid on, you know, are these going to bring in the viewers and are these going to bring in enough new subscribers to make the big paychecks worthwhile? Because that deal with Apple, if it comes out uh, to be accurate and it's going to come out in the next like uh, four weeks or so it's going to be for a, a good amount of money. It's going to be a pretty good deal for MLS. Let me ask you this, the Sunday ticket. I, I mean, I think Apple probably gets that and then it kind of changes the game in terms of how important they are in sports. I mean, I, look, I think Amazon's still in there. I do think in ESPN, maybe they combine with somebody, they get in there. Um, but uh, so it's not a done deal, but I do think Apple's kind of the, feels like the favor on that one. Yeah, they've been the favorite since the Super Bowl. Uh, they're the name that I consistently hear. But the funny thing about being the favorite is, all it takes is Bezos or Amazon to say like, we want it. And they'll dig a, deep, a little bit further in, into their pockets to, to get it. And Amazon will be the favorite. But I do think it is down to those two. And I think that uh, Sunday Ticket almost certainly is going to go to a, a digital company. The big question that I have is uh, whether or not Sunday Ticket is going to be paired with uh, all of the different uh, NFL media businesses. Uh, for a long time, for, for many months, they wanted to sell them together. Uh, and just recently, you know, like we had a story in Sports Business Journal that's talking about how some really influential owners have decided they don't really want to sell an ownership stake in some of their businesses because they, they feel that that's too risky to do with uh, given where the media environment is going and just how uh, you know, up and down it is right now. Uh, you know, do you feel like they do sell it? Because that seemed to be on Amazon you know, which kind of goes against the idea that, you know, Sunday Ticket and the NFL Network, et cetera, was going to be in one entity. Um, so what's your gut now with these? And do we know which influential owners exactly? Can you say? Uh, I can't say. I, I, I have a couple of names, but I can't say. They're taking NFL films, you know, and, and they're negotiating with Hollywood companies about possibly partnering in a, in a sports-related studio that they can use and, and, and sell programming elsewhere. I want to jump down more on these influential owners. Are the Roonies an influential group? <laughs> I'm going to go down all 32. Let's go. Who's influential and who's not on the John Oran list? All right. Here's who's not influential right now. Dan Snyder. Dan Snyder is not influential. Okay. So we got one off. All right. We got one. You know, it's not Dan Snyder. Yeah. Join one. tomorrow. I'll have a second owner that I'll put in the uh, non-influential okay, yeah, yeah. Every week we'll have one owner goes into the uh, non-influential group. The other topic that kind of relates to this that we want to get into is discovery, taking over Turner Sports. Um, you know, give us the lowdown on where we stand with that. Andrew, I find this to be so interesting because recently 
Discovery's purchase of WarnerMedia went through, it became official, and there have been executive departures, there have been announcements surrounding news, surrounding entertainment, all the way up to who's running different divisions and who's running HBO Max. But do you know where there's been no news, or there's been a vacuum of news, is over sports. And Turner Sports has the NBA, has MLB, has the NCAA tournament. They, they, they are a big player in the sports arena. Um, uh, Jeff Zucker used to be, he, he used to run uh, Turner Sports in addition to, to CNN. So there, there, there's sort of a hole there and they haven't been talking about that at all. Uh, in fact, they said that um, Lenny Daniels, who's the president of Turner, Turner Sports is gonna end up reporting to a new person there. Uh, nobody knows who that new person might be. I suggest, I'm hearing internally, it probably is gonna be Lenny that ends up going, uh, getting up there, but it, it's sort of an open question. And it's really surprising given everything that they've done in all different uh, facets of their business that they don't have the sports uh, part tied up, especially given how much David Zaslov depends on sports in his international properties. We've discussed this for months and months, how important sports are gonna be. Um, you know, you look at it, I, I do think they're going to want to retain uh, the NBA. Uh, I had mentioned them possibly as a dark horse for Sunday ticket, um, but haven't heard recently, but they do have a lot of money. Uh, and uh, I just think when you look at the rights that are coming up, they're going to be big players uh, in all of them. Uh, and, I, and I do think that's a big part of their strategy. And when you look at it, sports and streaming, so if you like a show, right, and you don't have all these services, you might go in and go get a Ted Lasso, you know, rip off those two seasons, you know, in a week or two and then cancel Apple TV plus. So when you have sports, you can't really cancel it. That's why like the Premier League was so important to Peacock because it lasts forever. So those, you know, those people who are getting Peacock for the Premier League are going to be there for, for eight months and they're not going to leave because they want from game one to game uh, 40 uh, for each of their teams, or is it 38 games um, each for each club? And so when you look at it, uh, you know, they have a long tail and that's where sports kind of keeps people. Yes, you're leasing, but it keeps people in. And that's why I think ultimately I think ESPN plus, I mean, there is the bundle, I guess, but where ESPN plus probably is just, uh, you know, gets uh, swallowed up by Disney you know, as you know, even more so where it's like just the bundle, uh, I would think, but I could be wrong, but I could see that, you know, being the case where it's um, or, or it costs a lot more when you get all of ESPN, which we still think is happening by 2026, I said, um, you know, and I wasn't with in the next, I guess, four and a half years. So you see where sports is so important. It's going to be that way for discovery um, and Warner media. And it's not just that it's, it's also, they can accurately predict what kind of audience a regular season NBA game can bring, or even a, a playoff game can bring within what, 10% either way, high or low. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Ted Lasso. How many Ted Lassos don't work? And all of the money that's spent on the production there, and you're just making a big, bold bet. Every single uh, TV company passed on Ted Lasso. No. It's, it's not an exact science. Yeah, they don't know what they're doing. They, they really you know what don't, they're but, doing less than sports executives know what they're doing. But but with sports, they do know what they're doing. They know sports what executives. Look, I gave Eric Shanks, who's up for a reason. <laughs> All right, yeah. But they, I mean, but they do know they they they, they can accurately know what they're doing. They can accurately pick 
what the audience is going to be within a certain amount, which allows them to sell. And it's, uh, there, there's a reason why sports is, uh, is sort of the last bastion of, of television right now. All right, let's just go on to the next topic. K-Rod, the, uh, the Sunday night booth. Uh, David Cohn sounded great in the booth. He got a, a former podcast guest. He got uh, really good high marks on social media, which doesn't always happen. You spent a lot of your night on the alternate broadcast. What, what are your thoughts? I watched yeah, Cohn and company on opening day when they did the game in Cincinnati. Uh, Cohn is, you know, they got him. That booth still needs to mesh. They got to figure out, get Cohn a little more involved, I felt like. But uh, Cohn's probably the best hire uh, this offseason in terms of baseball broadcasters. It's sort of the Marshan and Oran sports media podcast bump almost. Right. Yeah, you, I mean, you, I mean, you could you could argue that he got the seal of approval. Uh, so uh, definitely, yeah. Without the Apple TV, they're getting the anti bump. Especially you, you called it a disaster. I, mean, I, I, you know, I was getting phone calls. You know, be nice to them, and we were somewhat nice. But Oran's just—he's supposed to be the nice guy, not the nice guy. I'm the how nice that guy. Happen? I don't know how this happened. I, I, I kind of, I force you to do it. Um, <laughs> although there's been a couple of occasions where we do the rundown, and you say, "Oh, I'm going to say this," and we get on, and you say. You say don't say anything, but we will keep those private because um, you didn't make them public. Anywho, uh, let's go to K-Rod. Um, again, I didn't understand the beginning of the show, the concept. Like, what are you going for here? Right. First off, um, they leaned into the fact that um, that in their how they presented, nobody wanted this, um, which I don't mind the self-deprecating tweets. I don't think you can build the whole show around like uh, hate watching. Like, this isn't a good idea. The other issue was, um, and we're comparing them to the Manning cast and ESPN can say, this isn't a Manning cast, whatever. It's the same thing after, you know, basketball and Monday night football, Sunday night baseball, um, and college football, you know, it's one of your biggest things. Um, and this is your alternative broadcast. So it's going to be um, compared to the Manning cast. You have A-Rod there, just, just like as a concept. If you have A-Rod and K just sitting next to each other, you're not utilizing A-Rod. You know, right away, I think you got you want to get A-Rod up, have them, you know, there's not that many people that can relate in terms of uh, success and size to uh, Aaron Judge or Giancarlo Stanton. Like, give me a little demonstration there. Get us out of the seats. Um, you know, that's one thing. Uh, the other thing is, and this is the biggest problem probably, is that A-Rod just his personality just doesn't bring it enough. You know, we could, the Mannings are beloved. A-Rod's not beloved. He just doesn't tap dance well. He just kind of, he has trouble with that. And that's why he's best in the Fox Sports studio. They can prepare his segments. Uh, they're shorter. He can go over it. Um, and so, uh, but I just also, I don't understand. I said this about Apple and they were going to do, you know, K-Rod was going to do one um, practice broadcast and it, it didn't work out because, uh, Kay had to do a yes game on the Saturday before the uh, first Sunday night game. I just don't understand. You know, you're going to get scrutinized how you don't practice a couple of times. I mean, this is a big deal. And if you care about like what people like you and I say and what Twitter says and, and others uh, fans say, uh, I don't understand why you don't put yourself in the best position to win. I, I think that the thing here is that it's an alternate telecast, right? And the alternate telecast is going to get a fraction of the main telecast even if it's the Manning cast, what was the most the Manning cast got? Like up, up to close to 15% of Monday Night yeah, Football like, in terms yeah, of audience? Yeah. It averaged around 1.5, 1.6 million, I think, for its nine and, Monday Night cast. And the Manning cast 
was universally praised, blew up my social feeds every, every Monday that it was on. And that's why the Manning cast was the most unique alternate telecast. And every alternate telecast after it, unless they're gonna get people of the same sort of uh, personality that have the same personalities as the Manning brothers, it's gonna be, it's gonna be tough. Uh, and and it's, it, you're, you're gonna end up sort of narrow casting because that's what an alternate telecast is. And I, th I think that's what, where they're in danger of falling right now. The people listening to this podcast, a lot of them, and, and, and you and I, like we know that like, the numbers aren't going to be great. Like an ESPN knows that too. So that, that will be a deal when that, you know, when those come out, it's like, oh, nobody watched it. Yeah. So you know that. So then what are you going for? Right. So I think you want to go for, um, you know, social and, and make it fun and smart and uh, maybe a little zany. Uh, there are things you can try to do. You know, look, I don't think A-Rod's a great choice for that. I just don't, this is not his thing. I think less is more for A-Rod. And this is a little bit less is more as compared to doing the weekly games. Um, it's just, you have to plan out a lot. Also, the difference between baseball and football is football, there's always something complicated going on. And Peyton and Eli do a good job of kind of breaking down the complicated and making it more simple. Uh, and so, and Alex could do that too. I thought Clemens was a good guest. Because uh, he was actually watching the game and had that Manning cast feel to it. And he really, I, I felt like I thought they missed an opportunity a little bit to go deeper into the game and how with uh, it just happened to be that Judge and Stanton were up. How would Clemens have gone and attacked those two big guys? Um, I thought you had an opportunity there. I guess what sometimes frustrates me is just like the con conceptually, what are you going for? Uh, Kay did too much play by play, uh, which I think is part because you know, A-Rod's a, a little bit limited and you can only go so many ways, you know, so many places, but it just needed to be more conversational. You probably need a third person, maybe a Jeff Passan uh, to get in there or more guests. You just need the, to, to loosen A-Rod up. But I guess when you keep saying that, we got to loosen A-Rod up. And I talked to Michael K before they did the broadcast. You keep saying that and saying that, well, maybe you have the wrong person, right? Like if you keep <laughs> saying like, you got to find a way to get the most out of this person, you got to get the, you know, like, it's hard, you know, it's, it's not easy. Um, and A-Rod does have some pluses for TV. That's not all negative. Uh, but I just don't think the big picture thing for me is you can't just lean in and nobody wanted this. All right, the Keith Stein, you can tell us that a little bit. That's funny as a, as a bit, but like, it can't be like that overarching theme in my opinion. So that, that's enough about, you know, A-Rod, K-Rod, baseball, a lot of baseball talk on this one. You had a story, F1. We talked about it last week in terms of the rights deal. What are they looking for? What do you foresee with that? Uh, F1, which is a big thing. It's kind of like in the up-and-coming sport uh, between what ESPN has done with how they broadcasted it and then the Netflix series. What do you see? What are they looking for? F1 right now. Last week, we talked about sweetheart deals. Right now, ESPN has a sweetheart deal with F1. They, uh, ESPN pays about $5 million a year for F1. Uh, the contract is up after this season, and uh, Formula One has gone out into the U.S. market for U.S. rights and is looking for about $75 million. So they're, lo they're looking about 15x of what they're getting with, with, with ESPN. And if they get that, there are going to be some unique uh, problems that, that are going to hit into the telecast. Because ESPN and the popularity of F1 have come because it's been commercial free. It's a, for, for a sports viewer, it's a, it's a fabulous product. You sort of sit down and, and you watch the, the racing. ESPN, they want to keep F1 and they want to re remain commercial free. However, if they're spending $75 million for the rights, 
This is a for-profit company. They got to make that money back somehow. You better believe that they're going to try to find a way to insert advertising if it's like half screen ad or like, you know, yeah. little, little blips that come on. And when they do that, expect these hardcore F1 fans, let's just say to, to, to get a little angry, I suppose. F1 looking for that Joe Buck money. <laughs> well, yeah, Buck's Joe Buck not, money, Adam Schefter money, yeah, yeah, something like that. Buck, yeah, Buck is, you know, five uh, for 15, you know, around 15 a year. So uh, I guess they just want that in one year. You talk about Joe Buck money and we talked about Schefter money. Like we haven't talked about Stephen A money in, in forever. Yeah, exactly. Like, remember Van Pelt brought that up and said, uh, I should get, what, I get a dollar every time? A, a dollar. An angel gets its wings every time you mention a, a, a Stephen A's salary. You pretty soon you might be talking about Van Pelt money. We, he was on, on the way up last <laughs> week because he's due for a new contract. Sure. So, uh, um, yeah, a lot of money flying around, especially ESPN. And, you know, you got Romo's deal, of course, that, you know, kind of really blew everything up. McAfee, $30 million. That's just for... Uh, uh, fan duel, and then he's getting money from everywhere else. So he, he, that guy, he's he's the one really bringing it all in. So we really wait a second. You're telling me a podcaster is making thirty million dollars a year? Hey, like, you know, people don't know. We also did like a million practices before, and they, we're still not good. <laughs> I know. They're like, are we ever going to start this thing? They're like, no, another practice. Yeah, another really. practice. And this thing was supposed you'll to start in like, uh, 2012. <laughs> <laughs> people are listening now. You need more practice. All right. Last topic, USFL, uh, you, you said earlier it's a success. My big thing, I think, is that the lease, we're going to get a lot of innovation that probably ends up in the NFL, uh, you know, leading into the first broadcast, a lot of talk about the first down marker, getting rid of the chain gang. I don't, I'd say within five years, maybe less, that's part of the NFL, uh, because I just think it makes too much sense. And although we all might have some fondness for, you know, the guys and gals holding the orange marker. I just think that uh, uh, that makes it just faster. It's better. It's quicker. It's uh, uh, more reliable. I just don't see how that technology doesn't end up very soon in the NFL. All right. I got a question for you, Andrew. You didn't even comment on that. You could not care less. It's like, I just said something. It's like, nope, who cares? Oh, you know what? I totally agree with you. That's all I want. All right, fine. I I don't need to... I, in fact, I wish that they would get rid of the chains next season. I think it's antiquated. It's preposterous for a, a multi-billion dollar league. How many seasons does the USFL have to exist to be uh, labeled a success in your eyes? You're saying like in 10 years? If I say 10 years and it's done, it's not? Or you mean like where it's going to be viable forever like if it goes three years is that is that no nah, three is not enough i think you need five years before you say this is a viable they got a game plan this works in the spring you think of the usfl uh and it's something and i do think between betting innovation uh i do think there's a lot of nostalgia i mean it kind of hits my sweet spot i love the usfl the original so it's seeing these uniforms will be kind of cool i mean it'd be cooler if you had you know doug flutie and jim kelly and steve young you know type players uh but I don't think we're getting that, but just to seeing the uniforms is kind of cool. Uh, and I think the concept kind of works. And I do think not for me personally, but gambling um, as it takes more of a foothold will make people kind of say, Oh, you know, let, let me, let me go gamble on a Birmingham stallion uh, Michigan Panther game. Uh, nobody's going to remember this in five years, but the over under of five years, Andrew Marchand, you're going into bet on this. What is it? I'm going to go over. I say they make it over. Uh, it's you're wrong. It's going to go three years. You're, I, I'm going to consider it a success, and you're not. It's going to be done after three years. 
All right. So you shanks on the way up, but you say it only is going to last three years. That makes no sense. Oh, it's getting ready to start. I think it's going to be unique. It's going to it's going to lead to a lot of changes in the NFL, and I think it's a, a pretty good bet. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Call of the week time. Call of the week. All right. The call of the week comes from baseball opening day, really opening night. Cincinnati Reds at home, Sunday night crew, uh, which features Carl Ravitch, David Cohn, and Eduardo Perez. But Tim Kirchin, who was in the booth, now is on the, on the sideline. He, he, he stole the show a little bit with this one comment uh, when Joey Votto popped out. Well, going into tonight's game, Joey Votto had over 8,000 plate appearances in the career, two pop-outs to the catcher in his career, two to the first baseman, and zero to the pitcher until tonight. That's the first time he's ever popped out to the pitcher. Flying down here for this trip, I said, the only thing I want to happen on opening night when we have the game is for Joey Votto to pop out to the pitcher, and then it happened. That's unbelievable. Now that is passion. Uh, you know, I know Tim Kirchin a little bit, uh, having worked with them. The guy loves baseball. And if someone can get that excited about a pop-out, you know that, that it's, it's kind of infectious because he's that excited to be there. You got to be like, oh my God, a pop-out. So when you, we talk about all these broadcasts, um, and I'm not saying Kirchin should have a bigger role. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that passion, though, is what really gets and, and kind of connects with viewers. So when you're picking people to do these games and to, to talk about them in studio, that passion for the sport needs to be there. And we heard that with Christian's uh, call there from the, from the sideline. You know, I want to go back just to the Apple TV plus game. And, you know, it, at, at one point they started talking about the shift and I was like, Oh God, I don't want to talk about the shift. I, I view these announcers and somebody like Kirchin as somebody you want to sit next to them and and watch the game with them and that call is somebody I, w- I want to watch a game with he loves the game he's passionate about the game he's knowledgeable about the game somebody that like drones on about this uh you know the, the shift and whether we should have it like we've been talking about that for years now enough already so i i love that a, a call of the week good one all right well let's give apple tv another let's give him a chance it is only one game uh so i'm gonna say give him a little bit of a chance i do think there is maybe some potential. They tried something very different. It didn't work. National game, but let's let's give them a little bit of chance. Is that fair or no, John? No, let's give the iPad a chance. Let's give the iPhone a chance. No, it's not good. This is Wait, Apple. Is this Zoom? Is this Zoom? This is- I, I actually I didn't put Zoom in my stories, and I was so uh, I was I wanted to put Zoom in there. What is the opposite of delicious? That was that. <laughs> it's not, it, was, it was obviously distasteful. <laughs> all right, that's gonna do it listen hopefully you thought we're we were good here uh all these people wait this is on i just realized apple's gonna make our ratings listen we have oh a, no the one star right. ratings we need the five stars we, like a thousand. we went into this one with like 104 ratings 4.7 i mean uh tim cooks right now just you know putting this it's a we're getting like a hundred one star ratings <laughs> podcasting anyways watch this you can you can listen to us on spotify uh and wherever you find your podcast when we're not on the uh when we're not on apple podcasts anymore 
uh, hey, thank you for listening very much. And I don't take anything back, Andrew. Give us the one stars. Oh, no, 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 no. We don't no, want the no, one no, stars. No, no. I think that. I really Actually, edit that I out. Understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. When I talked to Jimmy Train of his podcast, he, the one stars, yeah, that's no good. Anyways, whatever. I don't really care, quite honestly. Do what you want. All right. Thanks, John. See you. Bye. Bye.